what I love about mom and dad, and I don't just say this because I know they're watching, but Lauren and Ethan can tell you this, that what you see is what you get, okay? Uh, the same that he is here in this pulpit is the same that he is when uh, we're at their house and we're hanging out watching football. Uh, me and Jesse are screaming at the TV, and, and dad just like, cool, calm, and collective, and like, he just don't care, you know? And so, uh, but today's their wedding anniversary, and so uh, hit him up and uh, show him some love and, and tell him a uh, happy anniversary. He'll be back next week, and uh, I, I love when he's gone, okay? Not just because me and Jesse get to do whatever we want, okay? Not, not just that, but, like, uh, he comes back refreshed. He comes back uh, ready to rock and roll, and so uh, listen to me. We're getting close to moving into that building at 2811 Rock Quarry Road, and uh, I want a pastor that's refreshed and ready to rock and roll and go win some souls, all right, and uh, advance the kingdom of God. So with that said this morning, for just a few moments, we're going to continue this series on the second mile. Uh, the week after Easter, Pastor Bob uh, started a series on the second mile, and, and Jesse spoke on it last week, and, and I'm going to speak to it today. And uh, as Jesse was speaking last week, I always hang out in that little room in the back, and uh, Jesse's speaking, I watch the live stream and connect with people that's on the live stream, and, and so last week he's speaking, and it was just like God was just giving me some words, and I'm just like typing stuff in my phone, and, and so I spent all of Jesse's message last week really working on the message for this week. It's just kind of ironic how that happens, but when you speak or you're a communicator, uh, you've got to take notes the minute that it comes to you, and so many times in our walk with God, when God speaks to you, man, get a piece of paper out, go to your notes on your phone, and be like, okay, I'm going to write this down, because there's going to be some point in my life that I've got to come back to these notes or come back to this passage of Scripture that the Lord's reminded me of. And so I want to encourage you to do that. But this morning, for a few moments, as we continue this series on the second mile, um, we're going to talk this morning about the, the thought concept of being all things to all people. Have you ever encountered a jerk in your life? An absolute, maybe you're the jerk, okay? Maybe, maybe your ex-husband or your ex-wife is the jerk. Or I don't know what your situation is, your story is. But we all encounter difficult people. Maybe your current spouse is the jerk, all right? I don't know what you're dealing with. But, but we all encounter difficult people in our lives. Uh, a couple years ago, Becca and I, we drive school buses for our, for our school district. And um, it's just something we've, we've done since we've been married. We did it in Columbia as a way to meet kids and uh, we ran bus routes for church and all these different things. And about two years ago, uh, this guy was parked funky at the bus lot. I hopped on the bus radio, and I'm like, hey, listen, there's somebody in my way, and I'm trying to back this bus up. Can you please move? And whatever happened in the moment of time, that guy got so mad at me. So I go, and I pull around. I park the bus. This is a true story. Park the bus, hop off the bus, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to go tell this guy sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't mean to upset you. And this dude comes bulldozing straight at me as fast as he possibly can, running. And he's so mad because I just asked him to back his bus up because I couldn't see where he's going. Corey's a CDL driver. You're trying to check all your mirrors and make sure that it's safe back there, and there could be little kids back there. But this guy was so mad. He's screaming at me, and he's cussing at me, and he pushes me, and I'm just like, Sorry. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? We encounter these difficult people and we're just like, man, why do you have to be a jerk to me right now? But everywhere in our life, whether we're at Walmart or whether we're, we're driving down the highway, there's always difficult people in 
our lives. And what we see in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 9, um, or chapter 9, 19 through 23, we see Paul having this encounter or this conversation, and he's talking to the people of Corinthians, and he's telling them, I want you to be all things to all people. And so let's read verse 19. It says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Verse 20 says this, when I was with the Jews, I lived like the Jews to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I lived under the law, even though I'm not subjected to the law. I did not do this to, uh, so, I could bring, uh, so that I could bring Christ to them that was under the law. Verse 21 says this, when I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I live as part of what they are so I can bring Christ to them. But I do not ignore the law of God. I, I obey the law of Christ. Verse 22 says this, when I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everybody, doing everything I can to save them. Verse 23 says this, I do everything to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and to share his blessings. The context of this scripture that we're reading this morning is this, is that Paul was writing to the Corinthians and he was trying to tell them, hey, look, I'm going to do whatever is necessary to bring the hope and the message of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if these people are difficult. It doesn't matter if these people look like I do. It doesn't matter if these people talk like I do. It doesn't matter if these people even believe the same as I do. I'm going to find some common ground with them so that I can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ with them. The Bible tells us this, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What is whosoever? Anybody. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you have a lot or you have a little. The, the gospel of Jesus Christ is available to all. And each and every single one of us in this room has an opportunity to go the second mile with people, to help people out, to see where they are, to have compassion for them, to, to reach out for them and say, hey, you know what? I'm there for you. And I have an understanding of where you're at. Point number one this morning is this, is that we have to, the, the call to adapt, the call to adapt. And what Paul was saying here was this, is he was saying that I've got to adapt my mindset in order to have compassion upon somebody else. How many times do we look at somebody and we're like, you know what, man, you, you're totally different than me. There's, there's absolutely no common ground with me whatsoever. I, I laugh. Uh, our good buddies that Jesse refers to in this, this chat we got, okay? I'm the old man of the group, all right? I'm 40, none of your business years old, all right? And these guys are... Uh <laughs> these guys are a bunch of young punk kids, all right? And all they want to do is talk about gaming. This old man ain't got no... I ain't got no care in the world for gaming. For Christmas, I told Becca, I was like, hey, I want a PS5. I probably played this PS5 five times, all right? And uh, it's just not my cup of tea. But... What I like to do is I like to interact with them on their level. Why? Because if we're going to be buds, there's got to be a common ground that's, that's got to become, that we've got to come against. And so what Paul is saying is he's saying this. He said, I've got to adapt my mindset to reach somebody. Rick Warren wrote a book, and it was called The Purpose Driven Church, and he said this, I'm willing to reach anybody at any 
cost. The soul of, of the lost person that you know, I'm willing to reach at any cost. It doesn't matter if I've got to buy you dinner. It doesn't matter if I've got to do whatever I've got to do. I'm willing to change uh, what I've got going uh, to win your soul. And what Paul is saying is he's saying this, is I'm going to be flexible so that I can adapt to where you are at. I'm going to be flexible so that, that I can approach. He doesn't change his method. He doesn't change the word of God. He doesn't alter the scripture and he doesn't say, okay, if you do this, you can be saved this time. No, no, no. He's saying, I still abide by the law. I still am where I'm supposed to be, but I'm going to find common ground with you. When Becca and I moved to Stillville, if you know anything about Stillville, it's a small town of 1,600 rocking people, all right, in the middle of the woods, all right? And uh, Jesse talks about burning stuff. Listen, we burn everything down there, all right? We've been burning shingles. I've been burning tires. Don't tell the EPA. I'm, okay, I might get in trouble, all right? But we're in the middle of the country, all right? And so when we moved from Columbia to Steelville, it was like culture shock, all right? We went from, from bright lights and big cities to one light on a dust to dawn light in the middle of the country, all right? It was a culture shock. It was a big difference. And we had to adapt to what we had going on. When we moved down there, uh, Becca's like, the girls, they get so scared at night because in the valley where the campground is, campground is it is so dark and they're like man it's so dark down here we can't see and so there was an we had to adapt to the new surroundings that we are living in now dude the doors unlock we were ready for the rock and roll they'll, they'll stay down there all by themselves it doesn't matter why because we've adapted you guys are gonna come rob me right now all right that's what's gonna happen all right I tell people all the time, you want to rob me, bring the truck, the U-Haul, and I'll help you load up because my stuff ain't worth that much money, all right? And so, so we've learned to adapt. And Paul's saying, if I'm going to reach somebody for the cause of Christ, I'm going to have to adapt. I'm going to have to adapt. Point number two is the power of connection. And Paul found common ground with people that most would say, you know what? There's no common ground between somebody that's not a Jew. There's no common ground with somebody that, that, that is a Gentile that, that doesn't understand where I'm coming from. There's no common ground in, in these things that we've got going on. When I was 12 years old, we went on a missions trip to Mexico with my youth group. And we went to Mexico, and on our way, they were trying to teach us uh, some, some Spanish. And all I've gathered was taco and burrito okay that's all I needed to know I was a fat kid all right just give me some food and um and so we went to Mexico and, and they taught us how to make balloon animals and we made these little keychains and we were giving these kids these little keychains and we went there and there was no connection for the first couple days at all because there was this language barrier there was this this barrier that we just couldn't get over and by the end of it, we had made balloon animals. We had made these keychains. And I can remember sitting. I'm going to get out of the camera. These guys are going to murder me. I can remember sitting on a step as we were getting ready to depart Mexico when I was 12 years old. And me and my buddies had met this little boy named Luis. And we became buddies with this little boy named Luis. Why? Because there was a connection. Although there was a language barrier, there was a connection that was made. And what Paul was saying is this. Is he saying, you know what? There may be some differences from your life to this life. But the same God that you serve is the same God that they need to serve. And if you will build a bridge of connection with them, God will do something supernatural through you and will touch their heart and touch their life. 
And so I don't know who's in your life right now. Maybe you've got a Luis in your life. And you're like, hey, man, uh, there's nothing that we have in common. We don't talk the same. We don't act the same. We don't do these things. But I'm going to figure out a way to connect to you so that you can have a life-changing moment in your life. Point number three is this, and I hit on this a second ago, and it is this, the gospel is for everybody. We live in a culture right now, can I just say this, it's a toxic culture, okay? And I think social media stirs a lot of that up, and if you're a social media junkie, I'm sorry, all right? But I think social media drives a lot of this, is that we feel like because you are different than me, that the gospel isn't for you. Because your political stance may be different than me, the gospel isn't for you. If, if you have a different thought on a, on a buzz topic in our culture, maybe the gospel is not for you. Let me tell you something. Let me crash your mind this morning and tell you this, that the gospel is for everybody. The gospel is for the people that have got it together, and the gospel is for the biggest sinner that's in this world right now. Jesus didn't die on the cross for just a few of us, but Jesus died upon the cross for all of us. No matter if we're close to God or we're far away from God, we are the children of God. Whether we know it or whether we don't know it, whether we've had a walk with God or whether we've walked away from God, whether we're with God or we don't have God at all, God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everybody. And what Paul is telling the Corinthians is this, hey, we may not have anything in common you may look completely different but the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everybody and I'm going to do everything in my power to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody else I'm going to get out of my comfort zone I'm going to talk to somebody else I'm going to interact with somebody else I'm going to get on social media and I'm not going to stir hate and gossip and misbelief but I'm going to get on social media and I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus and I'm going to proclaim the good news of God why because everybody that needs to hear needs to know that Jesus Christ and the gospel is for everybody. Amen? Amen. One of my, one of my favorite things in the world is this, is, is to, I, I like to get on Twitter, and you may make fun of me. I got some burner accounts, all right? And um, <laughs> these guys are like, what in the world? I don't do anything bad, but I just like to, like, troll people, all right? And it's just like a bad habit, all right? <laughs> the truth comes out, right? Here we go, all right? And it's not me being ignorant, but it's just like, are you really real right now? Like, are you really real? Like, we feel like we can get on social media and say anything we want to say, and it's going to be okay. But listen to me. On social media, in real person, you're the only Jesus somebody will ever see. Think about it. You can be a keyboard warrior all day long, but you're the only Jesus that somebody's ever going to see. And your life is reflected on what they see. We, Beck and I, we have the awesome opportunity of our, our job as state youth directors. But really what we are is we're mentors to the next generation. And there's somebody, listen to me, there's somebody that's watching you. There's somebody that is seeing what your actions are. You may say, Brian, I'm insignificant. I'm old. Ain't nobody, look, ain't no, nobody looking after what I'm doing. Listen, trust me. People are watching you. And in your home and in your life and in your job, you are the only Jesus that some people will ever see. The only, the only Jesus. They're not opening up a Bible. They're not reading scripture. 
They're not listening to, to, to worship and, and K-Love on the radio. No, they're looking at your life. They're looking at the hope that you have. They're looking at the joy that you have. And they're like, you know what? There's something different about that. There's a, a change that's happened in that person's life. There's a, a difference that's happened in that person's life. Point number four is this, is we've got to overcome barriers to connect. We've got to overcome barriers to connect. So many times we, we have these preconceived ideas. I, I'm guilty. We have these preconceived ideas. Well, if I talk to them about God, man, they're going to reject it. They, they don't want to hear about God. Listen, that's a preconceived idea. That's a barrier. We put up these barriers. Well, well they believe this or, or they think this. Listen, that's a preconceived idea. My job in life is to show God's love and let God do the judging let God do the softening of the heart. What if my job is just to plant a little bit of seed? We're down where we live. All the farmers have been out and they're planting seed and they're, they're getting ready for a fall harvest that they're putting in the ground now in hopes that in September they're going to reap this harvest or later in this year. What, what if my job, what if my job, James, is to just plant a little bit of seed? The other day there's a homeless guy that lives next to the church in an abandoned house. And listen, Pastor Bob is bent over backwards for this guy. Tony comes in all the time. Pastor Bob is constantly doing something for Tony. And last week, it was, we had a cold night. Some of the guys were working, and, and Tony came in, and he said, man, I'm, I'm out of propane. And we're like, man, we ain't got none. We ain't got none. And all of a sudden, these guys are like, hey, we went to the store. We bought Tony some propane. We're taking it over to him. I'm like, man, we're, we got to help Tony out all the time. But here's what's happening. We're planting seed. We, we, we may not see with our own eyes the supernatural power of God that's dealing on the inside of Tony's heart and on the inside of his life, but we are planting seed. We're making an investment. We're, we're taking down the barriers to connect with somebody else. We're, we're removing the barriers to make the connection that's needed. We're investing now so that later on a harvest can be driven or can be had. Point number five, the last point today is this, is the urgency to share the gospel. When I was growing up, born and raised in church my whole life, even when I didn't want to go to church, my mom and dad drugged me to church. That's straight up rule, I promise. You live in this house, you're going to church. I've shared the story. It's like, and Lauren can tell you, when we were kids, it was like we were at church Monday Sun, or Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Uh, every revival service they had, we were there. Like, it, it didn't matter. And uh, I got through some rebellion years, and I didn't want to go to church. And it was like World War III was going on in our house. Like, get up, you're going to church. And then all of a sudden we get ready, we go to church, and we walk in, we're just like, hey, what's up? Bless God. Amen, hallelujah. It wasn't mom and dad's fault. That was my fault, okay? Like. And so, but growing up, we constantly heard, Grandma, about the story of, or the, the, the thought of Jesus coming back. Constantly. Every revival, every service, every time we spoke, there was this urgency of, 
of, of the rapture of the church and Jesus come back and are you ready? Are you, are you ready to meet God? And, and somewhere along the way, we've lost this urgency to share the gospel. We've lost this urgency. I don't know if we've got complacent in our culture or it's become easy or what, the, what it is. It's not just a church issue. It's, it's a cultural issue. Like we've come so far away from God that, that, that we have no urgency to chase after God. I don't know if it's because in America we're so blessed with so much stuff and the cars and the houses and all the, the possessions that we have that we're just like, man, I just don't need God. But let me tell you something. There's an urgency that we need a Savior. Each and every single one of us in this room and, and the people that's watching online and, and the people in Boone County and the people in the state of Missouri and the people in the United States and the people all around the globe, we need a Savior. And what Paul recognized most was this, is he recognized that it didn't matter if you look like us or you talk like us or you even act like us, that it, no matter what the cost, he was willing to share the gospel. So my question for you today is this. Who's some people around you right now that needs the gospel? You know, we just assume. We're just like, man, they got their faith and I got mine. Listen, there's got to be some urgency. This week in our, in our little old community, uh, a, a young, uh, not a young man, about a 50-year-old man died tragically, was shoeing some horses. And the horse kicked and the, 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 gentleman, the gentleman passed. 50 years old. You're not supposed to die at 50 years old. On Friday night, uh, one of my best buddies, 38 years old, had a massive heart attack. He was, he was in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. They were immediately able to get him on an ambulance and immediately get him into surgery, and, and he's there today. But listen, we're not promised tomorrow. Your, your, your co-worker, your children that are in this room, they're, they're not guaranteed tomorrow. So there's got to be an urgency to share the gospel. We, we've got to tell somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to tell and tell somebody about the hope of Jesus. I'm closing with this story right here. When I was a kid, uh, you guys are going to laugh. When I was a kid, when I was in high school, I uh, was a roadie for a band, okay? was the coolest gig ever, all right? And uh, there was a guy that was a mentor of mine, and, and um, he was a youth staff member at our church, and he was in this Christian rock band. And he made some investment into me, and, and next thing you know, like, I'm, I'm the roadie in the band, all right? It's probably why I've got this, like, tech brain going all the time. I had a little Ford Festiva that you could start with a penny, Okay? The key didn't work. You just grabbed a penny out of the ashtray, and that Ford Festival would fire up, all right? And the best thing about the Ford Festival was you could lay all the seats down, and we loaded all the band gear up in my Ford Festival. Mom and Dad came home one weekend, Lauren did gymnastics, and Dad's like, why is the front windshield of the Ford Festival busted out? I'm like, man, we were hauling band gear, and that amplifier hit that front windshield, and it cracked all over the place. I thought I was cool. I had a production company. I was called B-Dog Production. Like, it was, we were going places. But that gentleman in that band, Mike, he had a song called The Million Miles. And the guy had had a pretty rough life prior to this. 
And the, the first lyric of that song that he'd sing at every single show was, have you ever walked a million miles in my shoes? Have you ever walked a million miles in my shoes? And this week, as I was thinking about going the second mile for somebody else, I was thinking about what's it like to walk a million miles somebody else's shoes? What's it like to walk one mile in somebody's shoes? You see, we look at our shoes. This thing's going to stink, so don't get too close. We look at our shoes. They tell a story about us. You see, a shoe will tell you a lot about a person. When I was in school, we'd judge somebody based on what kind of sneaker you had. Oh, you got Nikes. You got some money. You got this shoe. You ain't got nothing. I used to have those Reebok pumps. Oh, man, we pumped those things up. You were a rich kid if you had Reebok pumps. We bought mine at the outlet store, and they were too small, but I had to have them anyway. My toe was like all curled up in them things. <laughs> But you can tell a person's age off their shoe. If the shoe was smaller, it'd be Blair's shoe or Brooklyn's shoe or not Bree because she's got a big foot. If the shoe was a dress shoe, man, that's somebody of importance. That's somebody that wears a suit. If the shoe was a sandal, man, you're going to the beach. You're going somewhere. But what would happen if we live life through the lens of someone else's shoe? We'd have some compassion. We'd have some humility. Humil humility. Maybe I can get that word out. We'd look at things differently. And what Paul was saying was, Here's the nuts and bolts of today's whole deal. That if you'll walk a mile in somebody else's shoe and have compassion on them, love on them, laugh with them, have dinner with them, the chances of you making an internal investment in their life increases significantly. So when you're out today and you're, you're going to the store, you're going to lunch, I want you to look down and look at the shoes all around you. They're all different. They've all been to different places. They all smell different, and they all look different. But listen, at the end of the day, it's just a shoe. And what matters most is the heart and soul of the individual that's wearing them shoes. God, give me compassion. God, give me a burden, God, to share your love with somebody else. Let me go the next mile to encourage them, to invest in them, to believe in them. It doesn't matter if you're sitting here in person or you're watching online. The gospel of Jesus Christ is to be told to every person 
that we come in contact with. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now. God, I thank you for this awesome opportunity to be in your house this morning. And God, I thank you that you're the same God. We sing that song around here all the time. You're the same God. It doesn't matter if we're on the mountaintop, God, or we're in a valley. You're the same God. You said in your word, Father, that you're never going to leave us and you're never going to forsake us. There's nothing that's ever going to separate us from God's love. There, there, there's no trial. There's no situation. There's nothing that we've ever done that will ever separate us from God's love. And so, God, today in this moment, Father, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your love. God, we thank you that you sent your son to die upon a cross, God, that we could accept you into our hearts and into our lives. And God, we pray right now, God, that you take us just as we are. Imperfect people serving a perfect God. And God, we thank you right now. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you may be here today and you may say, uh, Pastor Brandon, I, I, I don't, I don't even know God. You may be online today and you may say, Pastor Brian, I don't even know God. The Bible tells us that if we'll confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, that we can be saved. That's step one of sharing this good news. So if you're here today and, and you say, man, that's me. I, I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to even... I'm just here to invite you to accept Christ as your Savior. So what I want us to do, and I I like to do it like this because it gives encouragement to people to take that step of faith. I want us to all to pray this prayer, whether you're in person or you're online. Um, And it's a simple prayer of asking Christ to come into our hearts. So so repeat after me. Dear, Dear Jesus, I pray right now that you come into my heart and that you come into my life. And dear Jesus, I pray that you forgive me of all of my sins. And Jesus, I pray that you become Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Will you stand with us all across this place this morning? Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to get in a hurry. But I want you to sing the song with these guys, and I want you to just take a few moments and spend it with God this morning, okay? Um, maybe in your time of, of prayer or thought, maybe, maybe you're thinking, man, who can I talk to about God's love this week? Maybe it's a coworker or a family member. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's, maybe it's that person at work that you just can't stand. Maybe it's that guy, like I got in Steelville, that pushed me down and cussed me out, that I know he needs God's love, right? So I want you to sing a song with him. Don't rush out of here. And uh, spend some moments with God and let God touch your heart and touch your life this morning.